Lester the Nightfly. This is your host, PJ Ewing. It's a Saturday and it is September. Can you believe it? Here we are. Amazing. So there was a big event that was going to happen this afternoon and it was just scrubbed about uh, 25 minutes ago, 30 minutes ago. It was the Artemis One launch and we're all a little disappointed, but these things happen. These, you know, these hydrogen leaks, they, they happen. Even a radio DJ like me can't solve that kind of problem. I'll just have you know. Even my powers don't extend that far. So apologies to everyone getting excited about between 2 and 4 p.m. this afternoon, Eastern Time. There was going to be a shot to the moon that's been scrubbed. And really that affects my show here because we're talking about Beethoven today. And the first piece that we are going to hear, we're going to we're going to march forward, really, with, with or without the Artemis One launch uh, the first piece is a, a piece of music that is the last song on the golden record that is flying away from our, our, our zone of the world, our solar system at great speeds, 38,000 miles per hour, both of them. And this is on the golden record on Voyager. But we're going to start out with a string quartet, number 13, B-flat major. This is Ludwig van Beethoven. This is the Cavatina. Take a listen to this, and then we'll talk a little bit more about Ludwig van...
van Beethoven. A beautiful piece. Okay, got it. Yes, it's lovely. But let's put this into perspective a little bit, okay? There is um, a whole world going on here uh, that we should understand as we're going to listen to this again. And that is that we have a... Um, a, a, a placement of this media, a placement of this piece way the heck out in outer space. And, and there's a writer that did a little bit of work on this that I want to share with you his words. I just found it this afternoon or this, this morning rather. Uh, and it's all about this piece, why it's special and where it is, where, where, you know, what, what it's doing for us right now. The gentleman's name is Peter Coles. He is telescoper on Twitter. You can follow him. And this is, these are his words about this uh, Cavatina by Ludwig, Ludwig van Beethoven. This is an unusual quartet consisting of no less than six movements. The original version, the last movement, um, was a very long and intricate double fugue. But for all its magnificence, this enormous movement perplexed audiences who were no doubt expecting something closer to the traditional structure of a string quartet. But it's the penultimate fifth movement that I want to share with you. This is marked Cavatina, Adagio Molto Espressivo. This is one of those pieces of music that makes everything else disappear from my mind whenever I hear it. Its poignancy and lyricism are felt even more deeply when you realize that Beethoven himself never heard it, except in his mind's ear. He was already profoundly deaf when he composed this work and indeed he died before the first performance of the final version of the quartet so he never even saw it being played i mean just that alone right astounding but this this puts it into perspective of all the pinnacles of european culture and civilization beethoven's late quartets are among the very highest but this short movement transcends even that level of achievement and reaches something utterly sublime. I think it's entirely apt that this is the last piece of music on the famous Golden Records, which the Voyager spacecraft are carrying into the depths of interstellar space. Close your eyes and think of that as you listen to the music.
lovely, lovely. We heard it once. We don't have to hear it all the way through again, although why not, right? So let's move on. This is, uh, by the way, all recommended by a good friend of mine going forward, from this point forward. His name is Donald Levine. He's a friend of mine from the Julio Gari Foundation, work that we do to propel future artists, future opera singers forward uh, from the Giulio Gari group. Uh, you can visit us at giuliogari.org there. Uh, but we're going to do uh, Beethoven the whole time. And we're going to do some overtures and then a full symphony. And this is all, really, I asked Donald yesterday, what would you listen to on a Saturday? If you've got an hour, hour and a half to just burn and you want to just sink into your favorite things, what would they be? And he came up with this list. The first of which is the Egmont Overture, Opus 84. Um, this is George Zell in the group, uh, in the orchestra here with, with his team, let's call it. Um, it's an overture. To, uh, it's a beautiful piece. It's about eight minutes long. Uh, I have some notes about it, but let's get to the music first, and then we'll talk about the marvel that is this particular piece. Let's take a listen.
I could see that on the golden record also heading out into outer space. We're listening to Beethoven on WERB radio. You can listen to Lester the Nightfly Live and me, PJ Ewing, every Saturday at noon. We go for an hour, hour and a half, sometimes a little longer, depends. And this is a, an hour, hour and a half with Beethoven. All thanks to Donald Levine, who is a friend of mine who's recommended some marvelous pieces, including that one called Egmont. This is an overture. Let's read about this one, uh, Opus 84. When in 1809, Ludwig van Beethoven received a commission to compose the overture and incidental music to Wolfgang von Goethe's tragic play Egmont, it was a welcome opportunity. Goethe, the Shakespeare of German literature and the leading intellectual of his time, was one of Beethoven's personal heroes. Just a little bit more. Beethoven expresses the substance, but not the literal details of Egmont in the overture. Um, the slow introduction with its dark and brutal minor chords and ponderous rhythm sets the ominous tone of the tragedy. This is one of Beethoven's finest triumphant endings at the very end. And in the play, it becomes a uh, the victory symphony heard when Egmont mounts the execution block and uttered his final triumphant words. Thank you, Michael Fink, for those words. That was actually the George Zell and the Cleveland Orchestra there. Prior to that, we heard the um, Budapest String Quartet, just to, just to give credit where credit is due. Moving on now to another overture. This is called Lenore, uh, number three, Opus 72. Let's listen to some more Ludwig van Beethoven.
Okay, so let's put this in perspective a little bit. It's hard to do this and listen other than listening to just beautiful stirring music sometimes and not really know what is going on in the background. That was originally intended to be an overture to Beethoven's only opera entitled Fidelio. However, as you could almost tell, it's it's a little too much. It tells the tale beautifully and it's almost just a little bit I don't know, overwhelming right at the beginning of the opera. And suddenly uh, it was deemed to be just just more than was needed for that opera. And so that was changed. And it remains as sort of the story of Fidelio telling the tale uh, without actually being uh, attached to the opera itself. I'm going to read from Michael Steinberg, a beautiful paragraph that I think really helps us with this one. And then we'll move on. Uh, the music, Lenore Number no. 3, tells the story of the Fidelio tale. It traces the path from darkly troubled beginnings to an anticipation of the aria in which Florestan, chained, starved, deprived of light, recalls the happy springtime of his life. From there to music of fiery energy and action, inter- interrupted by the trumpet signal heard as the opera, as in the opera from offstage, and finally, to a symphony of victory. Lenore, number three, is the distillation of the Fidelio idea. Isn't that cool? All in one piece like that. It is too strong a piece and too big, even too dramatic, to be an effective introduction for a stage action, something that Beethoven realized almost at once. It does, however, stand as one of the great emblems of the heroic Beethoven. We talk a lot about heroic Beethoven as as we look at his career. A potent and controlled music embodiment of the noble humanistic's passion. That's Michael Steinberg. Thank you so much for that. That's beautiful. That's enough with Lenore. I mean, it's just amazing. For me, just so you know, I'm going to be listening to this show, as I usually do, over and over again, and I'll be able to sort of put this in perspective myself. If you'd like to do the same, you can go to LesterTheNightFly.com. Listen to these um, pieces. I usually post them within a day or two of the airing here on WERB. And with all their fidelity and everything, you can listen to each of these episodes again. Or just go to Apple, only Apple, and go to your podcast app. And Lester the Nightfly is posted there, including these live shows. And uh, that's a great way to sort of go through the catalog of, of work that we're doing here, as well as on the national show every week. So that's uh, all music inspired by Donald Levine, but we're not done. We're actually heading into the, the meat of the matter. This is the big focal point for today. It is a full symphony, the Pastoral Symphony from 1808. It's opus number 68. Uh, it's in F major. There are five pieces, an allegro, andante, a scherzo, an allegro, and then a finale. Let's just go through the structure of this thing, and then we'll listen to the whole piece uninterrupted. We're going to hear a really great rendition. Again, the Philadelphia Orchestra, just as with Lenore, which we just heard. And in this case, it's going to be Ricardo Muti and the Philadelphia Orchestra taking us through this one. But let me read one paragraph, then we'll get to it, and then I've got a little bit more for you at the very end. The full title, Pastoral Symphony, or Recollections of Country Life, And the subtitles of each individual movement clearly show that this symphony is related to experiencing nature. Given its position immediately following the stormy and yet victorious Fifth Symphony and the heroic symphony outlook during this time, Beethoven's notion of the heroic in Symphony No. 6 is a figure 
at one with and in nature, variously resting in its bosom, celebrating its bounty, fearful of its sublime might, and, in the end, expressing thanks to its creator for all of these states. One more sentence. Beethoven's own words express that his desire is to have the listener feel the journey, not just see the series of images. Thus, the heroic object of this particular symphony, symphonic journey, is the subject, the careful listener experiencing the piece. This is about us as we listen to the Pastoral Symphony. This is a beautiful recording from the year 2000, Ricardo Muti and the Philadelphia Orchestra. We're going to go through all five movements uninterrupted and just enjoy some Beethoven on a Saturday afternoon.
just a little bit more and then we're done. This is in the words of Hector Berlioz. But Beethoven's poem, these long periods so full of color, these speaking images, these scents, this light, this eloquent silence, these vast horizons, these magical hideouts in the woods, these golden harvests, these pink clouds like wandering specks in the sky, this vast plain dozing under the midday sun. Man is absent. Nature alone reveals herself, glorying in her splendor, and the deep rest of everything that lives, and the wonderful life of everything that rests, the little stream that pursues its murmuring course toward the river, the river, the source of all water, which descends towards the ocean in majestic silence. Then man appears, the man from the countryside, robust and full of religious feeling, his joyful play interrupted by the storm, his fears, his hymn of thanksgiving. That's from Hector Berlioz. It's written in 1862 about this wonderful thing, the Pastoral Symphony. I want to thank Donald Levine for his amazing recommendations. I would not be here. We would not have heard this today had it not been for his recommendations and inspiration yesterday. I'm so glad we went down the path. We did to review the Cavatina from the String Quartet number 13. We heard Egmont Overture number 84. That was a remastered version. George Zell in the Cleveland Orchestra. Uh, then we heard the Lenore Overture number three, Opus 72. That was gorgeous. And then just now we heard all five movements of Beethoven Symphony number six here on Lester the Nightfly Live. This has been your host, PJ Ewing. It's always a pleasure to do this. I'm so glad you were here to listen. I'll see you same place, same time here on WERB next week. This has been a PJ DJ production.